The following is a presentation of Tomorrow's World. Of all the cities in the world, one is renowned for having religious significance. Jesus Christ and the apostles walked its dusty pavements. But there have been many times of war and destruction for the city that we call Jerusalem. Though the city's name means city of peace, there have been very few years where it has really been at peace. After the Romans destroyed Jerusalem in 70 AD, the Jewish population spread out over all the world in what is known as the Diaspora. General Titus led the attack on Jerusalem against the zealots who had held out against Roman control. Would you like to know why Jerusalem will become so important very soon? You can know and understand how future events in the Middle East will affect you personally. Today we will be offering this free booklet, The Middle East in Prophecy. Be ready to write down the number that we will give you so you can call for your personal copy. Jerusalem is going to play a vital role in world events once again. So be sure to stay with us to hear about the prophetic future of Jerusalem. Will it one day really become the city of peace? Stay tuned. Warm greetings to our regular Tomorrow's World viewers. In today's program, we're going to be asking the question, will Jerusalem ever become a city of peace? The golden dome of Jerusalem's mosque dominates the skyline of the city. For now, this important site is jealously guarded by Islamic leaders who are concerned that the Israelis might try to establish a temple on or near the site. Now, some believe that the growing European Union should flex its diplomatic muscle and take up where the United States has appeared to fail to bring peace to the Middle East. Now, let's take a guided tour of the Bible and hear what it says about Jerusalem. But before we do, let me introduce our free offer for today. It is a booklet titled The Middle East in Prophecy. It will give you vital information about the future of Jerusalem and the Middle East. You will learn what will become of this great city in the next few short years. So phone the number on the screen or go to tomorrowsworld.org to request your copy of The Middle East in Prophecy. Remember, we do not give away your personal address and details to anyone else. We maintain confidentiality and no one will call you. This booklet is absolutely free, so call now. Now let us find out more about Jerusalem's history and its future. Going back over 3,000 years, during the times of the judges of Israel, Jerusalem was occupied by the Jebusites, and it was not until the reign of King David that they were removed. Notice what 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 6 and 7 tells us. 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verses 6 and 7. 
And the king and his men went to Jerusalem against the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, who spoke to David, saying, You shall not come in here, but the blind and the lame will repel you, thinking, David cannot come in here. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, which became known as the city of David. After expanding the area of control, we read in verse 10, So David went on and became great, and the Lord of hosts was with him. You know, David ruled from Jerusalem for 33 years of his 40 years rule, in which time he expanded the city. But God would not let him build a temple in his name. Why? Because he had been a man of war. And David could not build a temple of peace in the city of peace. In fact, the name of the city in Hebrew is Jerusalem, city of peace. Now, David's son Solomon was to perform that task, and he built a magnificent building using gold and precious stones throughout. And the height of his power, Solomon had royal visitors from many lands. The queen of Sheba was amongst them, and she said of Solomon at Jerusalem, Blessed be the Lord your God, who delighted in you, setting you on the throne of Israel, because the Lord has loved Israel forever. Therefore he made you king to do justice and righteousness. Now many of you watching will know what was to follow. King after king of Israel and Judah rejected God and his way, with the exception of a few rulers who returned to God's way, and so Jerusalem survived until the Babylonians took the inhabitants into captivity and Solomon's temple was destroyed. Later, the Jewish captive descendants returned and they rebuilt the temple, but it was only a mere shadow of the original. When Jesus Christ was on earth, the temple he visited was the third one to be built. King Herod completed it some 50 years earlier, and it was quite a beautiful building, but only lasted another 40 years before it too was destroyed by the Romans. When Jesus began his prophecy for the end of the age, he was standing by the great stones of the Herodian temple. If we turn to Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 24, and we notice what Jesus Christ's words were as he spoke to his disciples, he said to them here, Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Has that happened? Well, no, it was not completely destroyed. In fact, we are told that it will occur prior to Jesus Christ's second coming. You know, in 1971, I had a, an amazing opportunity and privilege. I'm going to show you here, this is the Tomorrow's World magazine from October of 1971. We have the title here, Uncovering Ancient Jerusalem. Inside the magazine, there's some photographs here, I'll just uh, show these to you, of the excavations that were being made in 1971. This here is a photograph of the site with some of the students. Right up here in the top here, there's a skinny fellow who, uh, believe it or not, is me. <laughs> but there you go. Uh, wonderful opportunity for us in Jerusalem. For nearly 1,400 years, Jerusalem was an Islamic city. Now we see a crisis coming upon Jerusalem. Let us notice what God prophesies for the future. In fact, we're going to turn this time to Zechariah chapter 12 and verses 2 and 3. 
Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding peoples when they lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. All who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces, though all nations of the earth are gathered against it. In the next part of the program, we are going to see the incredible train of events that lead to Jerusalem becoming not just an international city, but the center of the greatest religious deception the world has ever known. It's exciting, but it's also very sobering to realize that this one small geographical spot will dominate the attention of the whole world for three and a half years. Before we return to the amazing story, be sure to request your free copy of The Middle East in Prophecy. This absorbing booklet will open your eyes to things you have never even thought about. You will discover terms like the abomination of desolation. What does that mean? And what does it mean when it says that two great armies will gather to fight against each other outside Jerusalem, but then join forces at the last minute to repel a space invader, who will actually be the returning Jesus Christ? We are in for a most amazing time in world history. To know more, you need to request your free copy of the Middle East in Prophecy. Here is how you can receive your copy. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Welcome back to our special program on Jerusalem. In this revealing look at the greatest city on earth, we will allow the Bible to explain what God's plan is for Jerusalem right now and in the near future. At the end of the program, I'm going to reveal to you what the new name for Jerusalem will be in the millennium. So far, we have seen that Jerusalem was the central city for ancient Israel and also of great importance to the Arab people. Will it be peacefully transformed into Jesus Christ's new world capital city? Or will there be a time of great conflict before this comes about? Well, let's go step by step through this prophetic timeline. Firstly, let's understand the importance of an event that occurred recently. After several months of setback, the Lisbon Treaty was ratified by all 27 countries of the European Union. And from December the 1st of 2009, the green light was given for the appointment of a British baroness to become the union's first high representative for foreign affairs, which is the equivalent of the Secretary of State. Now, this lady will begin the development of a foreign policy for the European Union. 
Prophecy indicates that part of this policy will relate to Jerusalem and the Middle East as time goes by. The European Union will develop a policy for the Middle East that will challenge the United States' preeminence as peace broker. Maybe not very soon, but ever so more gradually, we will witness the diminishing of U.S. influence and the increase of European persuasion in the Middle East, including Jerusalem. Now, many biblical scholars who have studied a passage in Daniel chapter 9 have wanted to know the meaning of verses 26 and 27. Let's turn there, if we can, to Daniel chapter 9, and we're going to start reading in verse 26. And after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. This was fulfilled in type, as we have heard, by the Roman general Titus in 70 AD, when he raised Jerusalem with its Herodian temple. But there is soon to be a modern prince from a revived Roman Empire in Europe who will get involved with Jerusalem. Notice verse 27. He shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. Prophecy often uses the day-for-a-year principle. So this could mean a treaty that will be written for a seven-year period. Could it be that under the auspices of the European Union, a period of seven years of peace will be planned for Jerusalem? And during this time, the welfare of both Muslims in Jerusalem would be assured, as well as those of the Jewish religion. Now, groups such as the Third Temple Institute in Jerusalem are making preparations today to train priests and assemble items required for the re-establishment of sacrifices. Will there be a priesthood consecrated to once again offer animal sacrifices in Jerusalem? You know, there are many people who believe and hope so. If sacrifices are to be offered in Jerusalem, it is possible that an altar could be set up somewhere within the temple precinct, but not, ne- but not necessarily within the 35-acre dome of the rock environs. Maybe a European-led peace plan could be instituted where the interests of all parties, including the Orthodox Church, the Armenians, and the Coptic churches, that they would all be recognized. Let's hear from the Expositor's Commentary, Volume 7, and on page 117, please listen carefully. We are led to infer that the latter-day ruler over the Roman people will confirm a covenant to permit the Jewish believers to carry on their religious practices in their newly built temple. After about three and a half years, the world dictator will see fit to break his own agreement with the Jews and prohibit the public exercise of their religion. All pretense of religious toleration will be dropped, for the ruler will aspire to absolute authority and complete control over the life and thought of all mankind. Now, these are not my words, but those of a respected commentary. What will follow on the heels of this betrayal of the seven-year treaty or the covenant with the Jews halfway through its term? Well, to find out the full details, request your free copy of The Middle East in Prophecy. Phone the number on the screen now, but remember that sometimes our phone lines are overloaded, so call later if you cannot get through. 
Ultimately, it will lead to a powerful military ruler known as the King of the North who will sweep down from Europe to control the Middle East. He will have been provoked by another king from the area of Egypt or Saudi Arabia, known as the King of the South. Notice what Daniel chapter 11 and verse 40 and 41 states. At the time of the end, the king of the south shall attack him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind, with chariots, or we call them tanks today, horsemen, and with many ships, and he shall enter the countries, overwhelm them, and pass through. He shall also, notice this, enter the glorious land. That's the holy land. That's Jerusalem. And many countries shall be overthrown. That's right. We're looking at a military invasion of Jerusalem from forces from the north that could very well be the European Union. The great military ruler called the king of the north can also be identified as the beast. Jesus Christ foresaw this event 2,000 years ago and warned his disciples who would be living in those days. Notice what he said to us. Hear his words as we read them in Luke 21, verses 20 and 21. He said, but when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her depart, and let not those who are in the country enter her. This was partially fulfilled in the times of the disciples. The church historian Eusebius records that the true followers of Jesus Christ fled the city of Jerusalem for the city of Pella in 68 AD, before the Roman destruction. Notice what he wrote in his church history, book 3, chapter 5 and section 3. He wrote this, But the people of the church in Jerusalem had been commanded by a revelation vouchsafed to approved men there before the war to leave the city and to dwell in a certain town of Perea called Pella. Now, what follows is a period of 1260 days or three and a half years known as the times of the Gentiles. In verses 22 and 24 of Luke 21, we read, For these are the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled, and they shall fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all the nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Where else do we read about these times? Well, the Apostle John wrote under inspiration in the book of Revelation. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 11 and verse 2. For it has been given to the Gentiles, and they will tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months. How long is 42 months? Three and a half years. Exactly the time spoken of by Daniel. When the seven-year covenant or treaty between the prince and the Jews will be broken. Halfway through its term. Now remember what we read back in Daniel chapter 9 and verse 27. It said, but in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. Even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. Now actually in the margin it says desolator, which reads a lot more correctly. So let us recap on what we've been through so far. Very soon we can expect to see positive moves by the European Union to become involved in Middle East diplomacy. 
At the same time, American influence in the region will decline rapidly as economic constraints bite hard on military spending. This will be followed by a treaty to vouchsafe Muslim, Jewish and Christian interests in Jerusalem. After three and a half years have passed of this seven-year covenant or treaty, a new European heavyweight will impose his will on the city, which will usher in the times of the Gentiles. This great ruler, identified in the book of Revelation as the beast, will be accompanied by a strong religious figure who will locate his seat of authority in Jerusalem. He's known in prophecy as the false prophet. In the last part of the program, we will see what will be occurring at the same time as God uses his spokesman to warn the world of impending punishment. So be sure to take down the details of how you can receive your free copy of our booklet that we have prepared for you. It's titled, The Middle East in Prophecy. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Welcome back to Tomorrow's World. In today's program, we have been looking into some amazing prophecies relating to the future of Jerusalem, and in particular, the fact that a strong religious leader will establish himself in this ancient city. Paul refers to him as the man of sin or the son of perdition. And we read what he says about him in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing that he is God. He is also called in prophecy the false prophet. Wow, this man becomes so full of himself that he actually exalts himself above God. To counter this, God will raise up his own two men, which he names his witnesses, who will preach during the 42 months of the times of the Gentiles. Notice Revelation chapter 11, verses 2 and 3. And they, the Gentiles, will tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. Now, sackcloth is a symbol of humility, and so for some 42 months, or the three and a half years already mentioned, they will fulfill their commission in humble service to God. And what will their commission be? Notice verse 6, these have power or they have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy and they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. 
So these two men will also proclaim the end of the false prophet's rule in Jerusalem. And they will proclaim the imminent return of Jesus Christ to reestablish God's law and government on earth. They will proclaim a time of peace for Jerusalem under God's guidance. They will expose the fraud that is the false prophet. And what comes next? Well, right at the end of the 1260 days, we read that when they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and then kill them. Now, we are then told that the whole world will rejoice as they see their dead bodies lying in the streets of Jerusalem for three and a half days. You know, isn't it rather interesting that there's never been a time before in human history where this prophecy could have been fulfilled? Only in recent times has it become possible through satellite television for the whole world to see what is happening everywhere and anywhere on the earth. But wait. God is not finished yet. Notice verse 11. Now, after three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. Now, these two men of God are resurrected. And so let us read, carrying on in verse 13. In the same hour, there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. In the earthquake, 7,000 people were killed, and the rest were afraid and gave glory to the God of heaven. Zechariah ties these prophecies together in chapter 14 and in verse 3. It says, Then the Lord, that is Jesus Christ, will go forth and fight against those nations, as he fights in the day of battle. And in that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall split in two. And verse 9 continues, and the Lord shall be king over all the earth. Can you imagine what lies ahead in a very few years from now? Though Jerusalem will be ravaged and greatly destroyed, it will rise once again to become the city of God. Jesus Christ himself will rule from this pivotal city. Prophecy after prophecy talks about Jesus Christ and his saints establishing righteous government from Jerusalem over all the earth. It will indeed become the city of peace. In fact, we are told that it will be given a new name, Yahweh Shema. Now, what does that mean? Notice the very last verse in the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel 48, verse 35. It says, all the way around shall be 18,000 cubits. And the name of the city from that day shall be, the Lord is there. Jesus Christ is Lord of Lords, King of Kings, will rule from Jerusalem. So be sure to request your copy of the Middle East in Prophecy. You will be so glad that you did. So call now the number on the screen and we will get your copy to you just as soon as we can. And be sure to watch again next week at the same time as Dr. Roderick Meredith, Mr. Richard Ames and Mr. Wallace Smith and I present to you the wonderful news of tomorrow's world. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown.
to view today's program, order the free literature offered, or for more information on today's vital subject, visit us online at www.tomorrowsworld.org. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.